Hallelujah. This morning, we're going to look at it. We're going to actually cover quite a few verses, but we'll hit them a little at a time. But we're going to start out in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to look at it 16 and 17. And then we're going to move over to Mark chapter 13. That'll be our main text, Mark 13, 32 through 37. If you want to kind of get both of those with your thumb in one of them, we're going to start out in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we're going to look at this title this morning, The Rapture. Are you ready? The Rapture. Are you ready? Amen. Let's stand for the reading of the word, if you could, this morning. Verse 16 says, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now flip over to Mark chapter 13 verse 32 where it says, But of that day, and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Here's the warning. Take ye heed, watch, and pray. For ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore. For ye know not when the master of the house cometh at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest suddenly, coming suddenly, he findeth you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and God, I praise you and thank you, Lord, that what this, we're talking about is the great thing that we're looking forward to. But God, Lord, you want to stir up our hearts. You want us to see. And God, more than ever than, than what he's saying here, than Paul would say of watching, Lord, you're saying look at what's around you and realize it's time to watch. It's time to get our eyes on the looking up. It's time to get ready for your coming is nigh. Lord, that moment that you're going to split the eastern sky with a shout, you're going to descend and you're going to call your people away. And God, I want us to be ready. God, I want all those that we love to be ready. God, I want there to be a revival to break out. Lord, I want your spirit to be able to move. And that God, we not just see stirring, but we see revival. God, we see people hungry again. That Lord, your spirit would get a hold of hearts in this last hour. That God, we would be able to turn toward you. And God, we'd be ready when you appear, for that's who you're coming after. Those that are looking, those that are ready. And God, I pray that you would have your way in this service. Speak, Lord, and meet in this prayer service at the end. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The rapture. Are you ready? Now, most of you, if you do a biblical search, if you do a biblical search, you're going to find a word there that's not, you won't find it, in, you won't find this word, where do we get this rapture from? It's talking about the rapture of the church. And we see, because, but it says here in verse 16, for the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and, and, the, and it says that there will be, will be called up. First of all, let me back up. Let, before we get to 17 about this word rapture, let's look at that word shout for just a minute, because it's a unique word. 
uh, we, the word shouts in the Bible a bunch, but you've got to remember it wasn't written in English. It was written in Greek uh, or Hebrew or Aramaic. There's little parts different of Scripture. It was even in Aramaic. But most of it was Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New. The word that's used there that's translated in verse 16 that the Lord will descend with a shout is the word kaluzma. And that is the only place in Scripture that word is, is written. There's a lot of places that there was people who shouted. But there's something special. What I got out of this, when you look at what the word means, it is, a, it's like, it is like a two-part word. It is, com, it is co combining the word. It is command and shout. It is, a, it is a shout that there is a command that is given. Now, when you think about this, it says, we read a second ago, that the only person who knows the exact second that he's going to send the Son back is God the Father. Not even the Son knows it. Not even the angels. Not the devil. No one knows except one person, and that's God. Now, I can see the reason Jesus came in the first place is to die for our sins so that we could be saved. And now he's beside the right hand of the Father. And I, I can just see him right now. He keeps looking at the eyes of the Father. Is it today? Is the day the day? He's looking forward. If you're a groom, you look forward to the day you get to take home your bride. You're counting down the days. Even the bride's counting down. And it's just, it's just 60 days. It's just 40 days. It's a month from today. You're counting down. And you're looking forward to that day when what you've been waiting on gets to happen. And so I can see an anticipation in the Lord Jesus Christ because He paid for the church. He died for the church. And He's waiting to consummate that. He's waiting to get His bride. He's ready to come and get His church. And all that's waiting is one thing. God to say the word. And the only thing that holds back God already, the reason God put it when He did, is Scripture tells us is that His mercy has been extended and extended and extended. What if he had made the day that he comes back the day before you got saved? Oh, how horrid that would be. But God's mercy has been extended. And we know that he held it back. But there's coming a day when he knows that moment. And it's coming soon that he's going to say, go get my bride. And this word here is the Lord. It's a commanding shout. I can see him the moment he says to him, go get him. I can see this anticipation just come busting out of him. He's been waiting on this moment and all of a sudden, he's going to, it says he's going to descend with a commanding shout. And what's he going to say? Church, come forth. Church, come forth. Just like, just like he said on that day. And he had to be very careful when he said, Lazarus, come forth. Because if he would have left off Lazarus, there would have been a, a bunch of graves open up because it's the Lord himself. And so he said, Lazarus, come forth. This time, he's going to say, church. He's going to say, my bride, come forth. At the same moment, he's going to descend to get his church. And it's not, that's not the only thing that happens. You see, it's bigger than that. We see it in that verse 16, it says, and at the same time, he's going to command, descend from heaven with a commanding shout, comma, with the voice of the archangel. Whether it's Michael or, or whoever it is, there's going to be another shout. There's going to be the voice of Michael's going to, is going to call for the people and the angels are going to go across and to call back the people. And then it's, that's not it. And with the trump, we're going to see another, and with the trump of God. God's going to send out a blast. I was imagining as I was contemplating this and thinking about you're going to, the Lord's going to shout. The archangel's going to shout. And the God himself is going to blast like a trumpet. I was thinking it's not going to be, <laughs> it's not going to be because the first thing that's going to happen is the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
So those loaves that have gone on before, they get a the little head start. Now it's going to be so instantaneous that you won't even know it happens, but there's going to be a call. And I was thinking about it. It's not like the Lord's going to come down and whisper and knock on grace. Oh, come on up. Uh, come on in. No, there's going to be such a blast, a powerful blast from God in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're going to be launched out of those graves. They're going to come shooting out of those graves. There's going to be such a shout. And so that's the word that, that just really just gets a, it's going to be a wondrous day. And listen, these things, it, it, when you're growing up, when I was a, a teenager not living really the way I should and I was playing games with God, these things were not comfort to me. These things were scary to me because I thought, oh Lord, oh Lord, what have you come today? And I was thinking about some, and, and there was some reason, I, I, I was really needing a little more time. And so when we, when we aren't really where we need to be with, the, with God, uh, the word, the rapture kind of scares us a little bit. But we, the verse I didn't read you is verse 18 in that first one. It says, but comfort ye one another with these words. I, I'm paraphrasing something like that. Comfort each, in other words, it's saying, if you're really ready for me, this is what you've been looking for. So this is an event that we're looking for as Christians. This is the, the actual graduation ceremony. This is when we get what we've been working for and waiting on and anticipating. It's a wondrous thing. But the Word also gives us a warning. It's wonderful. But you're ready. But if you're not really, if you're not really where you need to be, then we need to look on in this other Scripture here we see uh, where it, it, it's, it's actually in verse 32 of Mark chapter uh, 13. And we need to realize that, uh, oh, I didn't even explain to you. I didn't even get to tell you about this. Caught up, did I? I didn't even tell you about the rapture. I got, I got sidetracked. I got excited about the commanding shout. Verse 17 says, and then we that are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's, that's the word. That, that, name, that word is harpazo. And what it actually is mean is to be grabbed up by the collar, taken by force. It, let, me let, me tell you, let me tell you what that word means. I've experienced it. I've told you. So I, my brother was drowning when I was my first day in a Christian school. Mom and dad put, did all this effort to move us to London to get us in a Christian private school the first day we went. They, at that time, took the boys on certain days of the week during the summer, went to Dr. Lauber's house, and we got to swim in his pool. Now, I could swim. My brother couldn't, and they didn't have any divider to tell you where the pool slid off into the deep. And I was fooling around with some of the younger. I was, you know, I was probably, what, 10? Maybe 10 years old. My brother was about, huh? 11? Okay, so my brother's about 9 or 10, and he couldn't swim. And so, long story short, because this is going to be long if I don't hurry. My brother, I've seen him slip under the water. I looked around. Who's going to save him? Nobody. There's these big teenagers, and I'm 11, and nobody sees him, and nobody, and I'm the only one. And so, I thought, so I'm like, okay, I'll go get him. Mom will kill me if I don't go get him. So I, <laughs> I didn't really think that. So I went to get him, and when I got him, he tried to drown me. I couldn't get away from him. He really was, I mean, I can see why they try to knock out people they're saving because he was drowning me and him. And I remember the only, I finally gave up kicking after a while. It seemed like an hour and a half, and I quit kicking, and things started going dark and breathing so long. And I was just like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. This is how I go out. My brother drowns me, and so I'm just, I'm give up. I have no more energy. And all of a sudden, there is Harpazo. Thank God for Harpazo because Dr. Lauber's son reached down, and it wasn't my collar because I didn't have a shirt on. He grabbed me and my brother by the hair of the head. 
And he jerked us up out of that water. I was glad. I didn't care. That's, see, that's what happened. That's what happened right here. But he jerked us up in a really quick manner, and it saved my life. <laughs> it saved me and my brother's life. Thank God he's seen us. And that's the word harpazo. Well, the word in Latin, when it was translated, is the word that is raptus, where we get the word rapture from. And so when we talk about this word rapture, you'll search your body. It's not even in there, so there must not be going to be. No, it says that there is going, we're going to be called up. Where he's going to jerk us out of here. It's going to be in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye. He's going to, he's going to dra uh, drag us out of here. So today we're going to look at real quick five, th five things that if you're really ready for this rapture, you need to be doing. This is some things that needs to be active in your life. First of all, you need to be expectant. You need to be expectant. It says there in verse 32, But that day and that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. We don't know when he's coming. But he's giving us signs. He's letting us know that his time has come. So people are waiting. I don't know what people are waiting on. Some people are probably waiting on the Antichrist. But let me tell you something. If you wait to the Antichrist, you're too late. Because let me tell you something. Whether you're pre-trib or mid-trib, I don't believe post-trib. But I believe that so we're going to be going early before the Antichrist. Because the Antichrist can't really do what he needs to do until the Spirit of God is taken out of this world. So if you're waiting to see that Antichrist, and I'm telling you, I believe he's already here. I believe that we know that spirit's here. That Antichrist could already be raising up, ready to take uh, his throne. And so we need to realize, what are we waiting on? We need to be expected. First of all, we need to expect him at any moment, every, he, before this sermon is over with. Before, not tonight, before, you, before this sermon's over with. Before we even get to this altar, he could come back. I believe that with all my heart. Verse Matthew 24, 27 tells us about expecting him. Verse 24 to 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Just as that lightning strike, if you ever watched that and all of a sudden you could probably couldn't even remember where it went, you look in the sky and all of a sudden it went all the way across the sky and it's gone just like that. And then you hear several seconds later, boom, you can tell how far, you used to be able to calculate how far many miles that was away by counting the seconds. I thought that was cool as a kid. But you see it, it's gone before you even realize it. It's like, did that really happen? It's so fast. And so it's saying that's the way the Lord's coming is going to be. He's going to be from the east to the west. Not just here, east, the entire world, just like that. And gone. It's too late. People that think, oh, I'm going to see him coming. I'm going to get time to pray. No, no, no. There will be no time for that. It's too late. Expect him anymore. You know what? Expect to be changed when he comes. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52 says, Behold, I shew you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Thank God I was walking around this morning saying, I won't have these hips anymore. I won't have any pains anymore. I'm too young to have pains, but I do. I have some pains. I have some problems. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. They'll be gone. And we won't have to worry about these things. They won't be sick. We won't be worrying about a coronavirus. We won't be worrying about having a heart attack. We won't be worrying about getting old. We won't worry about that because we get a brand new body. We get a brand new body. Incorruptible. Death will be no more. No more. Thank God for that. So we need to be expectant to come any moment. He will change us. You know what? You need to have something else you need to expect. You need to expect a brand new address. 
You may have a nice mailbox, but it won't matter that day. We're going to get a brand new one. John 14, 1 through 3 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself that where I am, ye may be also. Oh, we're, we're, we're forever. We're going to be in the presence of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Listen, if that doesn't excite you, you need to start coming to prayer service. <laughs> because if you don't want to be in His presence now, why will you want to be in His presence later? If you don't want to be in His presence now, God needs to stir our hearts because what a glorious thing to be in the presence. Paul said that he wanted to be more than anything. To be absent in this body is to be present with the Lord. No matter what I have to go through, I'll go through suffering. I'll go through anything. I want to be just like you, Lord, because just no, no matter what, Lord, whatever I go through, just let me take part in that resurrection. Just let me hear my name when you come back, when you raise up the dead. Let me hear my name. That's what is number one thing. So we need to be expecting. You know another thing we need to do? We've got to be on guard. You've got to be on guard. Now, if I were to tell you, or if you were to find out that someone was breaking in to the house, if Antifa sent a notice that your street was their target for tonight, you wouldn't go to sleep with your door unlocked. No, 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 no. no. I don't care what side you're on on this deal. You'd be sitting there with a little reinforcement, your door's locked, looking out the window, every light. You'd be trying, who is that? What's going on out there? You'd be aware. And it's what it's saying here is that we need to be on guard. It says in that first three words of verse 33, take ye heed. That word heed there is on guard. Take guard of what's going on. You need to be aware. You need to be in a stance of being on guard. And just like I was thinking about, if, if, if we're going to a wedding, and let's say you're, you're going to a wedding, and some of you guys may not have a suit, but if you do, you put on, or whatever you got, put on your best clothes, and you got your white shirt on, a brand new tie, because it's important, and this is a big day, and you're going to be in it, and, and your wife or whatever has got you all spiffied up there, and so forth. Let me tell you what you shouldn't do. You shouldn't say, well, we got a couple of hours till we get there, and you probably wouldn't do this. If you did, we need to talk after service. You probably won't say, let's go to our favorite barbecue place on the way to church or to the wedding, because in our new duds. My big, let me, let me tell you about that one. I went on my, I had a, my, oh, I'd saved up big money and I'd bought myself it's a, a white coat. A white, it, I wouldn't wear a white coat to save my life now, but at one time it was in and I bought a, a white coat and it was when I met my wife, I'd gotten it and, and we went on to, my first time of wearing it out. I was so excited because I thought, and I thought, boy, I, I'm ashamed. I thought, I thought I looked good. I got a picture of mom and dad's house standing in the doorway with this thing. It was crazy. So I thought, boy, I look good, that white coat. And so we got on our first date and I, where did I take her in this white coat? Took her to Mr. Gaddy's. Took her to Mr. Gaddy's. Okay, so I can tell you about this. So we get there, and I'm telling you, the first bite, the first meatball that I got on my fork, and I'm trying to be Mr. Cool, I'm talking, and all of a sudden I realize the meatball's not there anymore. <laughs> it started right here, and it made it all the way down the coat, down my pants, and into the floor. 
Well, it was done. I mean, it was done that moment. And all of a sudden, I realized, hey, I should have been on guard. <laughs> I should have been on more guard. I should have had more sense is really the truth. I should have had more sense what I ate. I should eat a salad with no salad dress. That's what I should have ate. And it would have protected me. But that's what he's saying here. we got to be on guard. Why? Because you can't let anything to get on you. You can't let anything get between you and God because he's coming back. He's, you've got to be on guard. 1 Thessalonians 5.2 says, For yourselves know perfectly, there's no excuse, that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. The Lord's coming back, and there is going to be billions that didn't even know it happened. Billions left behind. There's already billions that's already in the grave that didn't pay heed and didn't live for Him. And out of the seven billion that's alive today, billions is not looking for him. And he says, you know full well he's coming. And he's going to come and he's going to slip away and no one's going to see him come. And we've got to be ready. First John 2.28 says, and now little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. He's saying here, Live your life expectantly so that when he comes, you run to him because you can't wait to see him. But there's been times that when the presence of the Lord comes in the house, I've been like this because I knew there's things that the Lord wants out of my life and I wouldn't get. So we got to be on guard. we got to be on guard. So if you're really going to be ready for the rapture, you need to be alert. You need to be on guard. It also tells us, number three, you need to be alert. Alert. Verse, the second part of 33 says, Watch and pray, for ye know not what the time is. This word watch here, this word watch is through this, throughout the scripture we read about four times. This one is different than the other three. This word here, watch, means be awake and alert for a future threat. If I, the deal I told you about Antifa, if you knew that you, if, if, if your wife said to you, honey, I seen someone running around the house and looking through the window, the last thing that's going to be, at least on your wife's mind, <laughs> and hopefully yours, if, again, we're going to have to have a conversation if this is not the way. If you knew someone, my, let me back up. I like giving good illustrations. I, before I got married, mom might remember this, I got a phone call late at night and and it wasn't something that normally could happen that late at night because and Marie, we were dating, she called the house, and I think she got mom on the phone. Mom come woke me up. My best friend, Dane, was there staying with me, and mom woke me up, and I knew for her to give me a phone call in the middle of the night, it must have been something. And he, she said, this Marie, and she said, someone's at her window. Well, she was is late at night, and she, her and her twin sister had an apartment by themselves, a house, actually, and some guy was looking through their window in the middle of the night. And that house was out by itself. It was a little scary. Well, I don't know what I thought I was going to do, but here we come. You know, here comes the Calvary. But the last thing you're going to do, of course, he was gone by the time we got there. Just so you won't know, I didn't get in a fight and kill somebody or something. But he was gone. They later got him. They later got him. They found him. He was doing it in other windows too. Uh, but here's the deal. If someone was trying to get in your house tonight, the last thing you're going to do is sleep. You're going to make sure there is no threat. It's gone. 
You're going to be awake. You're going to be aware. You're going to be listening. You're going to be looking. You're going to be ready to go because there's too much at stake. And that's what this word here means. This awake means to be alert by watching and looking for a threat so that you can be prepared to get rid of it, get it pushed away, get it out of your way. You can't let that threat come in on you or the people you love. And so he's saying to us, watch. He doesn't only just say watch and pray. When you find that threat, it's not something you can defeat in your own strength. It's something that only prayer is the answer. We've got to learn to pray, church. We've got to learn to get hungry to pray. We've got to see that time is short. We've got to realize that no one else is going to do it if we don't. No one else is going to pray for your family. No one else is going to see those people saved unless we do something about it. The, the, the definition is Sandy's doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting a different result. We can't do that spiritually. It's the same thing. We are never going to see different results. If it not now, when? If not you, who? We've got to realize it's time to be alert. Oh, we need to be alert and ready for action. Luke 12, 34 through 36 tells us, and where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And ye yourselves liken to men that wait for their Lord. When he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. It's saying be alert. Be listening. Be ready. That's who he's coming after. Those that have not gone to sleep. He wants us. He, does, he doesn't want to come and say, wake up. Open the door. That's what we see in uh, the picture of Jesus knocking at the door in Revelation. We see that He's knocking at the door. It's not the lost. He's really, it's the church. He's knocking on. What's the deal? We're asleep. I was thinking, we, he, we don't need him to have to have a shout to wake us up. He's, he's got a shout to, to bring to raise the dead. But we shouldn't, as his church, we should be ready and looking for his appearing. I was thinking this week, we, uh, my granddaughter, uh, is, uh, she's uh, three, and she has this little thing she likes to do. And, and, and it's cute unless, it's, unless you're really asleep. She, all, she, comes, she comes over, and one of the things she'll say, is, go sleep, go sleep. She, likes, or she gets told to go sleep a lot, so she likes to go sleep, so I have to pretend I'm asleep. And then she will get right in my face, or Marie's, and she will let out the most blood-curling scream you've ever The neighbors probably think we're killing her. So she loves it because then I, then I act all, oh, I'm scared to death. And she loves it. She'll jerk my glasses off. She does all kinds of crazy stuff. But she screams to get us awake. The only problem was the other day, Meg, Marie actually fell asleep. <laughs> And I caught her doing it. She's getting ready to let her fly. I caught her. She was like, me, me, sleep? And I said, yeah. And she got over there. She had a smile on her face. She was getting the rat. I was like, no, no, don't do it. Luckily, Marie woke up right before the blood. I can see Marie hitting the ceiling and bouncing off. That's what we are expecting the Lord to do to us to get her attention. It's to scream. But he says, no. Blessed are those who are waiting when I, when I knock on the door. Immediately, you open the door. Immediately, you open the door. And so we need to realize, if you're ready for the rapture, be alert, be, uh, uh, be uh, expectant, be on guard. And we also need to be faithful. Verse 34 tells us about that. It says, For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants 
and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. What's he saying here? He's saying, yes, you know what? People have been, the Lord's left. The Lord is the right hand of the Father. But that doesn't mean we're forgotten. That doesn't mean he's not coming back. In other words, this scripture is saying the Lord is someone who's went on a far journey, but he's coming back. And while he's gone, he's given you a task to do. The question is, when he comes back, will he find us doing it? Will he find us faithful or will we be making excuses? Lord, it was, I just, I forgot, I didn't, what were we going to say? He's given us a task, it says here, to do, and he's given us a command. Hebrews 11.7, somebody had to wait a lot longer than we've had to wait, is Noah. And it says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not yet, are seen as yet, moved with fear. Prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. This man had never seen a storm cloud. He'd never seen it rain. He'd never seen a flood. He'd never seen any of this. And God told him to build this boat that by, if I've not got to go, I want to go see the, the ark exhibit. I, I, I've seen pictures and watched some video on it. I've not got up there yet, but it's an amazingly big thing. And to think that these, with just hand tools, the job that these, this family did to build, God told him to do it. Now listen, it's not like God told him and he had three weeks and all of a sudden it come to pass. Because what happens is it was 120 years. So as he's building it, people came and they were, what are you doing there, Noah? What are you boys doing? And he said, we're building a boat. A boat? What's a boat? It floats in the water. What do you mean the water? The water's not here. It's, you're not even near the water. What are you talking about? Well, the Lord's going to send judgment and all you've got to do is put your faith in Him and you'll be saved. And I, I was just thinking, imagine it, that conversation at dinner tables when it first started this project began. I could hear the wife say to the, it's not in Scripture, but you know it happened. It would happen at yours if you've seen something like this happening. The wife is sitting there saying, honey, did you see what he is doing? Did you hear what he, yes. What do you think about, I don't know. That's pretty serious stuff. What do you, what do you think we did? I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's think about it a little bit. And then as time goes on, I could see a few years later, same conversation. Honey, remember the boat you see? It's getting about done. It's getting a lot closer. What do you think? Oh, honey, nothing's happened. Have you seen a storm cloud? Have you seen one puddle? Have you seen anything happening? And all of a sudden, because they had become so accustomed to hearing about it, the message kept going out. Salvation kept going out. All that one person had to do, the entire world rejected the gift of forgiveness and salvation to be saved. And all they had to do is say, I believe. I want to avoid that flood. I want to trust the Lord. I want to turn. All they had to do is make a decision to trust God. And they would have been on that boat. What if he hadn't built it himself? What if he got tired? Lord, you gave me a task to do and I'm getting kind of tired. I ain't seen a cloud either, Lord. And we've been working on this and nobody's saying anything and people are laughing at us. Let me tell you something. The world will laugh at you right now. Church getting ready and we're praying and we're seeking God and the world says, what are you doing? We're going to go right on past you. And we realize that we won't see the truth until it's too late. These ones that reject the things of God one day will see that it's too late. But those that are like Noah who says he kept working with fear. 
He had a respect. He had an awe. He believed God. And because he believed what God said he was going to do, he kept on working. And so that today is what it's talking about here, is that we need to get ourselves ready and realize that he's coming back and we're going to give him account. That's why he gave the parable of the talents. God has given you stuff that's different than me. I'm not responsible to do what he gave you. You're not responsible to do what he gave me. Thank God, right? right. You don't have to do what I do, and I don't have to do what some of you do. And, and so, but God knows what he wants you to do, and whatever God's given you, he's, we're going to be accountable to him for that. We're going to be accountable. What did you do with what I gave? Did you do anything? I put my presence in you. I gave you my spirit. I gave you. I stirred your heart. I showed you opportunity. Did you do what I asked you? Did you tell anybody? Did you reach out? Did you let anybody else? You care about people. You've been praying for people. Did you even say anything? Did you use the opportunities I gave you to do with it? Because God's given us this, not just for ourselves, but to minister to other people. And so he's saying we need to be faithful because we're going to be accountable. I remember being accountable in a bad way. Mom and dad, I've, I know I've told you this, mom and dad left us the first time. Now this, you're going to catch on, this head is pretty thick, okay? Yeah, I don't learn. When I learn, I learn. I learn. But it's hard to get there sometimes. But as uh, I might have been 12 or 13, and my brother's a year and a half younger than me, whatever I was, I was big enough that mom and dad go to Winn-Dixie and shop. We always had to go with them. And I hated that. I hated to go to the shopping. And so they finally said, now, we're going to leave you here. You're big enough. You watch your son, brother, and you all be good. Don't be, and I will be back here in a couple hours, and you better be good. Yeah. I should have known there was going to come a test. <laughs> should have known. Well, they hadn't been gone. I guess Dad drove Mom down and let her start getting her stuff, and he decided he's going to ease on back and check on status of situation. Well, when he come through the door, he found me not ready. Okay, what he found me doing was over top of my year and a half younger brother, straddled on top of him and pounding on him. And because I thought I had at least an hour or more and he would he would just mess it. He knew how to push every button. And so I, I, I was a sinner. And so the Lord and I was pounding. And all of a sudden I seen two shoe toes as I'm hit. I'm like, what in the world? About the time, you know, the harpazo word I told you about <laughs> jerk up by the collar. Well, it happened. He jerked me up. And I realized there is a payday that comes when you don't do what you should be doing because when you don't expect them that's when they come and that's exactly what's going to happen there is going to be a reckoning there's going to be that calling so we see uh, that this uh, uh this this rapture to we should be expectant we should be on guard we should be alert we should be faithful and finally you got to be prepared you got to have everything in order you got to be ready that last word there is watch in verse 35, watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly. And he's coming suddenly. He finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. This is a warning for all generations. Watch. Watch. This word here that's listed uh, actually three times, it's at the end of 34, it's in 35, it's in 37, is Gregorio, and it means be alert and stay awake. Stay awake. You see, it's not going to matter what you did 30 years ago. That's wonderful. It's not going to matter how you were living two years ago or two months ago. 
the moment the Lord comes back, are we awake and alert? Are we spiritually asleep? The enemy is content with people in the house of God coming on a regular basis. He's content when throwing a few dollars in the offering. He's content with them standing in the altar. But he's not content with them staying awake because he wants to put this generation to sleep. Why else are we been pushing? Push any, go anywhere you want to go. Just don't go to the house. Go be in a riot, but don't go to the house of God. Isn't that the push that's going on now? Just don't go to the house of God. Just, just, you can watch them online. Because he knows after a few services, nobody knows the difference. And, we don't, <laughs> and you don't even have to do that. I watch it in a couple of days. Whatever. We see that all of a sudden hearts get cooler and cooler. And there is generations of people going to sleep. At the worst time. At the worst time. He's saying here, stay awake. You ever struggle to do that? You ever been driving? Oh my goodness, it's the most horrible thing in the world to stay awake when you're trying to, you're, you're exhausted and your eyes are getting heavy and you're trying to, and you realize, why do you need to stay awake when you're driving? Because you realize the risk of going to sleep, what it's going to cost you and somebody else. We realize how important it is to stay awake. The spiritual thing is even more important than anything in this physical. Stay awake. So we need to stay awake. We need to be preparing by making preparations for His coming in our lives and in our own hearts. We need to say, Lord, whatever it is, God, whatever there is that's in my heart that you don't like, God, whatever is keeping me from being what you want me to be, God, whatever is causing me to spiritually go to sleep, whatever is in my life that's causing me to hang on to this world too much, God, get it out. So we need to make preparations for His coming. We need to be prepared by staying spiritually stirred and awake, looking for Him at any moment. And we need to be prepared by continually looking for His coming just as the Father was looking. Listen, you, you, you read that story. And, and if you read it clearly, you see that is the moment that sun cleared the horizon, uh, that Father knew it. We've got a camera system at, at work and, and people come up steps and you can barely see them. And you can see them in different parts. People come up and they'll see those cameras and they'll say, and they'll say who is that? And I, I can look at it and I can say, well, that's so-and-so. And they're like, how, do you, how can you tell that so-and-so? Because of the way they walk. I know the top of their heads. I know all these little things about the way they limp or anything. I, you, you, you see it and you know it. This father... Knew his son like no one else. Other people could just see, there's a stranger coming down the road. But when that father seen him, I don't care how dirty he was. I don't care how he smelled. He couldn't smell him yet anyway. I don't care what it was. That father had been looking. He had never stopped looking. And the moment his head popped over the horizon, he come to attention. He said, that's my son. And he goes running toward that son. And that's what he's talking to us about. It's saying in Luke 21, 28, it says, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. He's saying when they, they're done? No. When they're pretty far into it or we start we see things that causes our hair to stand up no when they begin to come to pass when he gives us signs of his his appearing and his coming look up get your eyes up get alert don't go to sleep be prepared be expected be awake 
Be alert because I'm coming and I'm coming for those who have made their hearts ready and who are ready and looking for me. I'm going to let out a shout. And when I let out a shout, those graves are going to come flying open. And it's immediately after that, us that are, he believed, Paul believed he was going to be there. But Paul believed that it could happen. And, and, and listen, if, it, and if, if he believed it, ooh, you, we don't have any excuse because all we, we can say, Paul, everything you talked about, but we've already, listen, the next thing on the spiritual horizon, on the calendar of spiritual horizon, is the coming of the Lord. It's the next thing. It's, it's going to happen. Yes. And so right now, we have a chance to get ready before we're caught up. Because there's going to be, the great majority is going to be left behind. The great majority is going to be left behind. And for those that are ready, those that are prepared, those whose heart is awake and alert, and looking for his coming. Oh, I want to be there. So here's the question. What we started with. The rapture. Wondrous thing, right? Are you ready? Even those online. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you looking? And for us, if we're ready. Oh, it ought to be something that... Whew, that, that, that last verse that we didn't read says, encourage each other with it. We should be excited about it. Oh, we shouldn't dread it or be fearful of it. It's a wondrous thing, but are you ready? Are you ready? That's the question. Let's stand this morning. Priscilla will come to the piano. Bow your head this morning. Lord, Lord, we thank you, God, that you are coming soon. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to fear when we know you. When we are given completely to you, when we are yielded to you and you live within our lives, and God, that you are the very heartbeat of our lives, God, we don't have to fear it, Lord, we look forward to it, and God, we know that we're going to look you in the face, we're going to be as you forever and ever and ever. Oh, Lord, and we know it's coming soon. But God, we know that, God, there can be things, that, Lord, there could be some that's here. There could be some that's watching. That, Lord, they're saying, Lord, not yet. Not yet. Because I'm not sure. I don't know that I can answer that question, that I'm exactly ready. I, I, I'm looking forward to that moment. Lord, I pray that, God, that you would stir us this morning and that, God, that you would get every single one that's watching or in this service that they would be able to answer at the end of the altar service, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. And, God, I want you to use me until you come. I want to be busy until you come because, Lord, my eyes are stayed on you. My heart, my life, everything, Lord, is alert and ready for your appearing. God, that's what you want us to be. God, you're going to come back for those that are hungry for you and looking for you. And God, I want you to find multitudes, multitudes of people that's ready to go. And Lord, you want, you, you want us to be ready. That's the, number, that's the only thing that's really important in this life is to be ready for your appearing. God, you have your way. Holy Spirit, you move and speak. You get a hold of hearts. No more excuses. No more things, God. No more kicking the can down the road. No more maybe later. No more I think I'm okay. Lord, whatever it is, you deal with hearts. And Lord, Holy Spirit, you're the one that sees. Not me. This preacher can't see anything. But you see it all.
There's nothing hidden from you and from your eyes. And God, I pray that you would deal and stir and have your way. God, open our eyes. God, get us ready for your appearing, God.